0: Pacific Coast Church, Pastor Ashley here. We are so glad that you decided to connect with us online today, wherever you're watching from, whenever you end up watching or listening to this. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining in with us. I got to tell you, I was reading this week. You know me, I'm a researcher. I was reading an article this week that might seem a little peculiar to you. I was reading about how trees communicate now don't turn this off i know you're gonna claim i'm a tree hugger or something like that just listen trees in a forest communicate through fungi under the ground now stay with me here and when a tree needs specific nutrients the other trees in the area are communicated with and they're able to release nutrients to a tree that's in need. In the same way, if a tree has been attacked by a pest or some sort of insect, it can send out a signal through that same fungi underground system to notify the other trees in the area to defend themselves from that specific insect. Why am I telling you this? Friends, this is just nature's reminder, a way of God reminding us as humans that even nature understands how much we need each other. It's so imperative. So again, I want to remind you, we are connected for a reason. And I want you to lean into that, especially in 2022. I want to encourage you, if you have ever thought about joining a small group, or maybe even leading a small group. This is the season. I can promise you, we have a small group facilitator training. We would love to invite you to. There's no obligation. Just come and figure out what it even looks like to lead a small group. That's going to be Thursday night via Zoom. So in the comfort of your own home on January 27th, you can sign up for that by emailing us right now at info at pacificcoast.church. We're so excited for that. Also be on the lookout in the next few weeks, we'll be launching small groups so be praying about how the lord wants you to engage in that also women this tuesday we are back at it we will be covering chapter five of the making of biblical womanhood this book by dr allison barr beth allison barr is so incredible i want to invite you even if you haven't been a part of the first half of the book we can catch you up just text us right now to get involved at the number below just text that word to 84576 i promise you it is 100 worth it also Friends, we just wanna thank you in the exact same way that those trees were connected. I hope you never forget that. We need each other in every possible way. That includes your time, that includes your prayers, that includes your expertise, that includes being involved in community, and it also includes your resources. We want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness to God in your giving. As always, you can text the word donation to 84576. You can also give online at our website. You can mail your checks to P.O. Box 66026 Tacoma, Washington nine eight four six seven we want to thank you thank you thank you for that and as most of you know tomorrow is martin luther king jr day nationally and friends we want to invite you to not only just post something we're talking about taking time to reflect on what he did and what still needs to be done Friends, everything that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. fought for and stood against, we as Pacific Coast Church are still committed to fight against injustice, to fight against racism, to fight against this idea of inequality. God has called us to that and we are committed. And so we just want to encourage you, maybe tomorrow, instead of just posting something, why don't you reflect personally on what God would have you do? to maybe fight injustice in your own sphere of influence. Know that we are committed to the exact same thing and we are all learning what that looks like today as opposed to yesterday. And so we just wanna encourage you that we as Pacific Coast Church are committed to that. We love you, we know God has called us all to equal honor and footing, to equality, in Christ, and we are so grateful for that.
1: Well, hey, what's up, Pacific Coast Church? My name is JF Wilkerson, and I just want to welcome you today to Church Online. Hey, listen, wherever you may find yourself, whether that's with your loved ones, maybe you're watching from your living room, your family room, your man cave, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're alone, maybe you're just on a walk outside, wherever you are, whoever you're with, I'm just so honored that you join us today here at Pacific Coast Church. Hey, before we get started with our new series today, I have to give a shout out to Dr. Ken Ecker, who, man, brought a phenomenal teaching on hearing the voice of God this past week here at Pacific Coast Church. Oh my goodness, it was absolutely incredible. Let me just say this. If you missed it, I encourage you To go back and have a listen because the principles in his teaching have the power to truly change your life. And especially in our world that's so noisy and distracting, we have to have the tools and really the techniques to enable us to tap into what God's trying to say to each and every one of us. So make sure you check out Dr. Eckers' teaching on our YouTube or Facebook page, our podcasts, or even visit our website for any of that stuff and everything else, all right? Listen, I hope you've had a good week and I hope for the first couple of weeks of 2022 have been, let me find the right word here, I guess manageable for you. Uh, and listen, I gotta say, it's been one of the best weeks for my wife because her beloved Georgia Bulldogs finally won a national championship in football since 1980. By the way, that was the year she was born. So. She's a happy camper in the midst of another chaotic year. And I got to say, I know this is the start to another strange year of uncertainty, lack of clarity and confusion. And I know so many of us are just so weary and we're tired as we enter year three of this virus. And I know we are all concerned and Even some of us are flat out afraid of what we're seeing in our country. And so the last thing I want to be today is tone deaf or naive to what's really happening right now. The last thing I want to do is pretend like 2022 is just like all the other years where you made your list of resolutions and you look to your pastor for a pep talk on, you know, like do better in 2022 sermon, you know. Listen, the last thing any of us need right now is someone with a soapbox and a bullhorn. And so today, quite frankly, and really moving forward, I want to simply encourage you. I want to, through the power of God's word and specifically the teachings of Jesus Christ, bring rest for your weary, fatigued body, mind, and soul. Can I just be that for you today and and just moving forward? You know, there's seasons of life, and it's just so important to understand which one we're in. And this is a season where we all need to simply care for one another, to take some time and focus on what I like to call soul and self-care. So with that reality, with this season that we all find ourselves in, we're starting a new series today entitled God in Flesh. Now that, that's a cool name, I got to say it, but it's so much more than just a cool name. It's a, it's, a, it's a powerful phrase. I want you to stop and think about that for a second. The God of the universe, the God of the universe in human form. God in flesh. That's what we as Christians believe. As crazy as that sounds, God came to us in flesh form. The question is, why? Like, like, why would he do that? Why would the God of the entire universe lower himself to take on the form of his creation? Why would he come to us in that specific way? Hey, I, I, I remember an incident I had years ago after Ashley and I had just been married. Now, many of you know, I was born and raised right here in the city of Tacoma, Washington, and I've spent the entirety of my life living in big cities. And well, some big like Los Angeles and Miami and some a little, little bit smaller like Nashville, Tennessee, where I went to college and here in Tacoma. Why do I preface this story with this, you ask? I'm trying to make the point very clear that I'm not a country boy, okay? Do I enjoy spending time in the country? I do, but not very long if you catch my drift. My wife, on the other hand, who her, who herself at heart and with a track record to back it up, is indeed a city girl, but born and raised a country girl. So one time early in our marriage, we're, we were visiting her family, who live way out in the country in southeast georgia in a very small town that has all the southern country charm and hospitality that you could ever want if you know what i'm talking about the only problem with it is if you want phone reception 100 of the time well you better forget it i think that's the way they planned it right so one night I want to run an errand for the family in my father-in-law's 1989 red GMC pickup truck, just embracing the country life, if you know what I mean. So of course, not being from there, I put the address to my destination in my trusty iPhone GPS and away I went. And in fact, I wasn't even really paying attention to where I was going because the map was directing me perfectly. So about 15 minutes later or so, I arrived at my destination. I did what I came to do, and I was, I was out the door, back in the truck, only to find out when I looked down at my phone, I had no reception. Have you ever been there before? <laughs> like, kind of in the middle of nowhere in the dark, and I'm telling you, it's kind of scary. So, so I, I did what we all do. I shook it a few times, and I, I even blew into that little hole where you stick your charger in, thinking that would do it, but to my amazement, it it sure didn't. So, I, I thought to myself, I just need to drive a little bit and then, and then maybe I'll pick up my reception as I kind of drive around. So, so I tried that for a few minutes in the pitch black because, of course, I was in the middle of nowhere with no street lights. And at this point, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know where to drive. It's getting late. It's really dark and I knew my family would start to worry. So, I didn't know what else to do. I just, I just kind of kept driving for a few minutes. And thank God, there was a gas station up the road that I noticed. So I just I, don't know, I just kind of V-lined for it. And so I parked and I got out and I walked in and I went up to the counter. And there was this elderly, elderly gentleman working at the register. So I said to him, I don't know how to say this, but I'm clearly not from around here. He already knew that. My phone has lost reception. I'm trying to get back home to my father-in-law's house and I don't have directions and I'll never forget it. The old guy looked at me and said, well, tell me your father-in-law's name. Now, in my city boy head, I'm thinking, what difference will that make? There's no way he knows him, let alone where he lives. Well, my friends, that's where I was wrong. So I just blurted out his name. His, his name's Lamar Leroy. And he laughed and said, oh yeah, Mr. Leroy, I'll give you directions to his house. And with that, he begins in a deep southern accent, which I won't even try to pull off. He just kind of went, well, you just pull out of here, you take a right on Emerson, then you take a left on Lafayette. And Stay on that for about three minutes. And then as the crop, the crow flies, you'll see an old shed with the words Benson ink on the side. Take a right, right, right before you get there, then a hard left, and then right past the end of the fence. You can't miss it. And, and he keeps going on and on at some point. I think he noticed the glazed look coming across my face. And out of nowhere, he simply just said, Hey, listen, I noticed, is that your 89? Red GMC pickup pick out there. I said, well, it's actually my father-in-law's Lamar. He said, well, great. Go get in it and follow me and I'll take you right to his house so you won't have to figure out these directions on your own. Just follow me and I'll lead you. Does that work? And with one little tear that began to roll down my cheek, I said, yes, you angels sent from God lead the way. Now, how many of you know that telling someone is good, but showing them is everything? And in the book of Hebrews, it does a really good job of articulating this exact point. Open your Bibles. Someone say, finally, Jeff." Hebrews 1, verse 1 says this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days... He has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And through him also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Now, I want us to focus on that last part. I'm going to read it one more time. Verse 3 says this. Let's read it again. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. And I love in the Gospels, book of John, John says it like this. John 1.14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You don't, you wanna know who God is? You wanna know his heart? You wanna know his desires? You wanna know how he thinks about us? You wanna know what he has for us? You wanna know what he looks like in his fullness, at least as far as we as humans can even comprehend? Then we have to look at Jesus Christ we have to look at how he lived, what he said, what he promoted, what he did while he was right here on earth. And here's the thing, we have to understand and we have to remember that Jesus was a revolutionary. His kingdom and the mind and heart shifts he desired to bring about in the world were so completely countercultured. They were counterculture in his day, and they're even counterculture right now. So in this series, we're going to look at specific instances recorded in the Bible that weren't just Jesus teaching us through his words, but also through his actions and interactions with others and why these matter and how they should impact the way we live as followers of Jesus right now. The first one we're going to look at is Jesus and a Samaritan woman or the woman at the well. Here's the thing. Before we dive into this story, there's something you should be very clear about. Here's the thing. No one dignifies, affirms, and celebrates women like the God of the Bible. I've said this many times before, but I had a mentor say it to me like this. You can tell how much of the heart of God and the mind of Christ is actually in a person by how they treat women and children. And I believe that with all of my heart. In fact, scripture supports this. And Jesus's actions in this story confirm exactly that. So we're gonna look at the account in the book of John, specifically in John chapter 4. All right, so let's look at that. It'll be on your screen or you can pull your Bible out. Here's what it says Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but it was actually his disciples. I want to stop right there because. This isn't one of our points today, but it's something important for you to understand as as a Christian. Now, listen to this. The Pharisees were people who devoted themselves to God's law, but they didn't understand that God had sent Jesus to be the demonstration and the display of the entirety of the law and the heart behind it. And, And you need to know, The more you live your life in the actual way that the Bible tells us Jesus did, people that struggle with that same religious spirit that the Pharisees were paralyzed with, they will come after you in the same way they did Jesus. Now, boy, haven't we seen that in real time? You know what I'm talking about. And so here's the thing. Like, we shouldn't be shocked by this. We have to learn to expect it. All right. So, Let's go back to the text. Let's continue in this story. John chapter four, let's go to verse three. That's what the text says. It says, So he, he being Jesus, Jesus left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of, a, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Now, here's the thing. like We talk about it often here at Pacific Coast Church, and that is context is everything. You can't just blow through some of these initial details here in the text because you'll end up missing some key components that Jesus wanted to teach us. We just read that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now, the implication there, if we read that at face value, is that when Jesus left Judea, actually Jerusalem, with his disciples to go up, meaning traveling north towards Galilee, the only route that would get them there was through a town called Samaria, meaning there was only one way to get there and it involved this town in Samaria. Well, that's not the case at all. In fact, there were multiple ways to get to Galilee from Judea. Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria because it was the only way to Galilee. He had to because he had an appointment that was on his schedule that he could not cancel. A little more context for you. Samaria to the Jew was labeled unclean. It was an unclean place for various reasons that we won't get into, but the main one being the people that lived there were only part Jewish, meaning the Samaritan people historically had disobeyed God by marrying outside of the Israelite tribes. And so because of that, they were considered unclean. And so so Jewish people, they did all they could to avoid them. And anytime they had to travel from Judea, Jerusalem, the south, up north to Galilee, they would go out of their way to go around Samaria altogether. Meaning they would actually, they would add extra days of travel so that they could bypass Samaria just so they wouldn't get that Samaritan dirt on them. So right out of the gate, Jesus has put his self-righteous disciples in a pretty scandalous situation simply by taking a shortcut through Samaria. Secondly, in that day, women didn't speak to men unless they were close family members. Yet Jesus had to have a meeting that day with an unclean Samaritan woman who was a stranger at the wrong time of day, which meant he would have been alone with her. And so because of that, he knew his disciples wouldn't understand. So what did he do? He sent them away. They couldn't handle it. And really that leads us to our first point. Let me give you a few actions we can take today that line up with what God demonstrated through Jesus and how he wants us to best represent him accurately, all right? Number one, write this down. Meet people where they are. Here's the thing. Jesus went out of his way to meet that woman right where she was. Yes, in physical occasion, but also in conversation and mindset. And here's the thing, God calls all of us to do this as well. Jesus, he didn't go to her and look down on her for being a female minority, no. He went to her watering hole. <laughs> During the time he knew she would be there and he went to talk to her, not to tell her everything she had done wrong, but to begin to explain to her everything he had done for her and that her life had purpose. Jesus went to her. And the question I have is, what if we didn't just invite people to church but actually became the church and met people right where they Jesus went to her and he calls us to meet people where they are. Not to require them to be something we think that they're supposed to be first. No, 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 no. He calls us to go right to people where they're at. I can remember years ago going through a very painful experience that was totally outside of my control and I totally remember how I felt. You you talk about feelings of loss, betrayal, disillusionment. And I I know I knew I needed help, but I didn't have the strength to go and find it. Like, does anyone know what I'm, I'm talking about? Maybe you've been there before. So I just kind of like sat in my pain and then something happened in the middle of that pain. There was a knock at the door and it was my buddy who just happened to be a pastor, by the way, and a Jesus follower. And he was standing there, and he didn't wait until I invited him in. No, he walked right in. He put his arms around me, and he met me right where I was, and it was exactly what I needed. What am I saying here? When someone you know in your world is hurting, don't wait until they call you. Go find them. Give them a call shoot him a text, whatever it looks like for you. So here's Jesus. He's sitting at this scandalous place at a scandalous time, and he's gone out of his way to be there for this one woman. And when she approaches, he doesn't start just yelling scripture proclamations at her. He doesn't set up a stage and a band and lights and grab his bullhorn. He enters humbly and quietly. In fact, he sends his disciples away, perhaps afraid they may cause a scene. And then he simply just engages her in simple conversation, in her place where she was comfortable. And then what does the word say? He, he asks for a drink. Verse 9 says, "'The Samaritan woman said to him, "'Wait a second, come on now, like you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman.'" How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. The next thing I believe we can learn from Jesus's actions in this story is number one is to meet people where they are. But secondly, here it is, write this down. Make the person the point. I want you to think about that. Write it down. Make the person the point. It's so important. This is what Jesus does here. He's sitting here with this woman. He doesn't care at all about what the Pharisees think, the religious people think. He doesn't care what'll be tweeted about him the next day. Like He he doesn't even care how embarrassed his own disciples might be. This is another beautiful picture of leaving the 99. Have you read about that? To go after the one. This is what Jesus does here. So let's go back to their conversation at this. well, John chapter 4. Let's jump down to verse 10. It says, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now watch your response. This is what she said. She said, sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? You see, Jesus is talking about the spiritual things and she isn't following. She's still talking about the natural. Look at verse 13. This is what it says. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life, the woman said to him, "Sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty. I have to keep coming here to draw water, like every single day." She was still think she still thinks he's talking about the natural water, but he's talking about something else. So he begins to speak to her life, but not in like the weird con- condemning way, but like. in in a a different kind of way. Look at verse 16. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Now watch this. She starts to reveal how she's been hurt by people that flow in similar gifts. Look at this. Starting in verse 9, it says this. She says, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews, you guys, you guys claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. She's saying, yeah, 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 yeah. People that talk about the same God you're talking about, they usually come at me with everything I'm doing wrong. They condemn me. They make me feel unworthy. And Jesus takes that moment, knowing all of this, to speak into her, into her life, and to tell her that both his kind and her kind can walk in the type of worship that God seeks. Look at verse 21. It says, Woman, Jesus replied, believe me. A time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans, you guys worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, it has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and as worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And really, that's the next point that we must remember. Now, don't forget, number one, we gotta meet people where they are. It's so important. Secondly, we were just talking about it. We gotta make the person the point. That's the whole deal. Here's a third thought that I have for you. And that is, operate in both spirit and truth. All right, write that down. And I wanna read that last part of that, passage again out of John chapter four. Look at verse 23. It says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Now, part of what Jesus is saying here is that you'll never be a decent representative of the kingdom of God until you have both. You got to have both. Op- you got to be operating in the spirit, and you got to be doing so with truth as your foundation. So then, what is this truth, Jesus? That what, what is this? What is this truth that Jesus that Jesus is referring to here? Well, let's look at, look in Matthew chapter twenty-two. Says this, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Verse 37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second is like it Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, meaning all truth, right? Hang on these two commandments. So the question is, what is truth? Well, it's summarized in love. It has to be the operating system for doing anything in the spirit. Love is the foundation. Now, here's the thing. Most of us use a smartphone of some kind. Now, I happen to ha- I happen to use an iPhone. Maybe you have an Android. It doesn't matter. But what's cool about my iPhone is that it has all these apps that make my life so much easier and more efficient. I have one I was just talking about I, u- I use for GPS. It gives me directions. I have one that gives me food recipes that I end up forwarding to my wife because I couldn't pull it off even if I tried. I, I have one that even even alerts me that I've that I've been sitting down way too long and I need to go take a walk. All good stuff that I need in my life, but without the actual operating system built into my iPhone called iOS, none of it matters. The apps, all those are good things that make me better. They don't even matter unless the iOS operating system is functioning and that's what jesus is talking about here you can do all these great things right but if if at its core love isn't the motivation it doesn't even matter i'm reminded of the apostle paul he said it like this to the church in corinth first Corinthians. he said you can speak in tongues of men and angels meaning you can you can be like a smart person but if you don't have love You're nothing. You're like symbols crashing that make people cringe and drive them away. In Ephesians 4, Paul is talking about the church as a whole and the different gifts and roles God gives and how we're to be operating in the unity that he desires. But then he drops this bomb that we need to hear today. It's so important. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 14, it says, Then we will no longer be infants. You know what an infant is, right? Little baby. Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming, meaning, you know, false teachings, false prophets. Verse, verse 15. Instead speaking the truth and love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does the work. So Jesus here is operating in the spirit and doing so with love as the driving force. And when this happens, her eyes are finally opened, like she finally gets it. Let's read the rest of the passage. Watch what happens here. It says, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ. That Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. To operate as the Lord is calling us in the footsteps of Jesus, we are to, number one, meet people where they are don't wait. Go to people. Secondly, make the person the point, no matter what it costs you. It might even cost you your, your reputation. Operate in both spirit, truth, and love. Always, here's the fourth one always point people to the Lord. I got four this time. Don't ever make ministry in what God has called you to do about you, it's not about you. And always be very leery of anyone who makes it about them. The work of the Holy Spirit will always point everyone to Jesus. We are here to point people to Jesus. Meet people where they are. Make the person the point. You gotta operate in both spirit and in truth. You can't have just one or the other. And that last one, always point people to the Lord. That's what he's called us to do and that's why we're here. Come on, I want to pray for you today. Wherever you're at, wherever you're watching from the next several weeks, we're going to continue talking about Jesus because we need Him more than ever right now. And Maybe you're watching uh, from your living room today. You're with your family. Maybe you're sitting there alone. I, I don't know. where you're, Maybe maybe you're traveling somewhere. And you say, JF, yeah, 2022 has already started off. It's, it's rocky. <laughs> I'm... you you mentioned it earlier earlier i'm i'm just living in fear i'm uncertain the the virus all the things happening in our country my own personal issues that i'm dealing with maybe it's within your family maybe it's a relationship that's been broken maybe it's a financial need where it's you're like you're sitting here today and like you like you don't you have no idea how you're gonna pay that bill that they're gonna be calling about for the 100th time listen I feel you, I'm with you, I wanna pray for you today. Maybe it's a sickness. I mean, just specifically this, this, this Omicron, this COVID thing, people, so many of just even our own, in our own congregation are, are battling this right now. I wanna pray for you too. Maybe it's a, something totally different than COVID, it's totally different, I don't know, illness, sick, whatever it is, maybe it's, maybe it's mental health, maybe it's addiction issues. I wanna pray for you today. And as we continue to unpack, the life of Christ, God in flesh. Him, not just, not just directing us with his words, but his life. I'm gonna pray for um, kind of two prayers right now. I wanna pray specifically, first of all, for someone watching that just needs to say, Pastor JF, I just wanna accept Jesus into my life. I wanna say yes to him. I just, th- this year, is, I'm already just dealing with all kinds of stuff. And I want to just start right now and and accept Christ in my life and allow him to be a part of everything that I do and, and really to lead me. I, I want to pray that prayer. But then I just want to take a minute and I want to pray for the person who is a follower of Jesus that maybe you say, you know what, my, my actions don't really line up with my words. And I just want to, I want to, I want to press in and and, and, and do a better job at pursuing more of what Christ's life looked like for my own life. Yeah, that would be awesome if people followed me, but I just want to like start with myself so that I could do what he called me to do. Come on, wherever you're at, maybe you just want to close your eyes. Maybe you don't you don't have to close your eyes. This isn't some kind of religious thing or whatever, but I just want you to take a time and just kind of get along with the Lord. And let me just pray for you right now. Lord, I thank you for every person watching right now. God, we thank you that indeed you are God and that you came You came to this earth, you became flesh, you became Jesus, and and, and you experienced all of the emotions, you experienced all of the, the hurt and the pain and experience that so many of us have and are and will face as humans living on this earth. Lord, you understand. You did all of that so that we would know that you love us so much. Sometimes we get so focused and in the church, we hear you know, messages of just keep loving Jesus more and more, and that's good, but sometimes we lose sight about how, how immensely you love us. And so, Lord God, we just take a minute and we thank you that you love us that much that you would come for us in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of the mistakes that we've made and will make in the future. Despite all of that, you love us so much, and you love my friend watching right now. That you came. So right now, if you're watching and that's you, that first thought that I have, you say, JF, pray for me. I I I'm in a I'm in a in a bind right now. I don't, I, I need to accept Christ in my life. Just do it right now, Lord Jesus, you know where I'm at. God, I just pray that you would come into my life, heal me. I want to walk with you. I believe in you. I believe, Jesus, that you are the Son of God. And so I just give you my life right now. God, all of the stuff that some of the things that people don't even know about me, you know about me and you love me, I'm just gonna give you my life and I'm gonna walk with you and obey you and trust you for every area of my life. And so God, I pray for that person. I thank you for the commitment they've made right now. And Lord, I pray for the person who is a follower of Christ. And I put myself into the same category. God, I pray that we wouldn't just be words, but we would actually be a representation of who you are, that people wouldn't just hear and know that we're your followers, but by our actions and the fruit of our own lives, Lord God, that they would truly know. That's the ultimate, ultimate goal of every believer. And so God, I pray for my my friend right now, that they would be able in 2022 to really pursue, pursue this life that Jesus called us to, that St. Paul called us to, that your word called us to. So I thank you for every friend watching right now. Lord, I just take a minute. As tomorrow, we honor the life of Dr. King, who made such an impact, not only in this country, but worldwide. We honor him and his legacy. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are committed to continue to live out what Dr. King called us to, to speak up for those that are in the, in, the, in the chains of injustice, that we would speak out against racism, that we would stand up and we would unify under this cause for, for freedom for all people, all across the world, we are committed as believers. And we give you thanks and we give you praise for Dr. King and his ministry and his legacy. God bless all of that and his movement. And God bless every person watching right now. God, we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Wow, such an amazing time in God's word. Such incredible teaching that we can apply today and tomorrow and the next day. As always, friends, we want you to know that we are here for you. We want to connect with you. We are praying and we want to pray for any needs that you have. If you have a need today, you can text the word Pacific to 84576. We want to pray with you and agree with you. We also have live noon prayer on Facebook live every single Wednesday at noon. We pray over those needs, but we want you to know that the team is praying all week long. Also, we have questions for you. Just like every single week, we hope that you are connecting with your small group virtually or in person, and you're discussing these questions together. Maybe you're even after that journaling and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you personally as well. These are gonna be so important as God is shaping and molding us through his word. Here's the first question. Make sure you have your phones ready to take a screenshot or a picture, or they're usually in the comments below. Question number one, what does it mean that the fullness of God is revealed through Jesus? Why does this matter? Number two, what are a couple of ways that you can check yourself daily to make sure that you're more concerned with people and the opportunities God's giving you than just your to-do list? Man, that's a good one. Number three, what does it mean to operate in spirit and truth? Why is it important to always operate In both, man, we're excited to hear what God is speaking to you through these questions. We want to remind you, your giving is so important, not just of your resources, but also your prayers, your talents. If you haven't joined the dream team and you're comfortable gathering in person, we want to invite you to do that. You can do that on the website, but your resources as well are so important. So you can always do that by texting the word donation to 84576, going online to give directly there, or you can mail your checks to PO Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington. 98467. And friends, we just want to remind you, we want to encourage you tomorrow on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, take some time, not just to reflect on what he did, but maybe what God is calling you to do to continue that fight against injustice, against inequality, against evil and sin in our world. The fight is still raging and we are still fully committed We love you, we're so grateful for you. Make it a great week.